0: Thank you for supporting Overcomer's Christian Center. From wherever you're listening, we hope that today's message leaves you feeling empowered and equipped. i want to go from Titus chapter 2, verse 1 through 5. Titus chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. But as for you, speak the things which are proper for sound doctrine, that the older man be sober, reverent, temperate, sound in faith, in love, in patience, the older women likewise, that they be reverent in behavior, not slanderous, not given to much wine, teachers of good things, that they admonish the young women to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, homemakers, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be blasphemed. Based on that, I want to talk to you from this topic, blessed to be older, blessed to be older. I mean, agree that it's blessed that you can get older. I agree with that. I'm telling you, it's a blessing to be older. Birthdays are a blessing beyond the gifts, the monies, the dinner, the cake, the ice cream and so forth with family and friends, birthdays are a blessing. Birthdays speak clearly that we are blessed. We're happy. It's beneficial to us. We have God's favor, and we are experiencing better, better. And and it's, it's, it's good, and it's a benefit to us that we are getting older. Having older is defined as having a lived a long life. No longer young, elderly, or mature. And sometimes it's a blessing to go from age 10 to age 11. Sometimes it's a blessing to go from 15 to age 16. Sometimes it's a blessing just to go from 20 to 21. It's a blessing to be 35 and go to 36. It's a blessing to go from 40 to 41. It's a blessing to go from 80 to 81. It's a blessing to go from 90 to 91. It's a blessing any time you can experience what the Bible says, a day that the Lord has made, let us continue to rejoice and be glad in it. Now, you, some may say they are tempted to say that life is hard or difficult despite getting older. Now, this would apply, biblically speaking, to those who, in contrast, are In contrast or contrary to a lifestyle that is pleasing to God. If you don't mind, go with me to the book of Proverbs chapter 13 and verse 15. The book of Proverbs chapter 13 and verse 15. The Bible reads as follows. Good understanding gains favor, but the way of the unfaithful is hard. Again, good understanding gains gains favor, but the way, the course of life, how one lives, the lifestyle of the unfaithful, those who are transgressors, faithless and deceitful is hard or it, it is rough. In the New Testament, the Bible talks about the way of a transgressor is hard. We must have the assurance that God, despite everything we deal with in life, that God has a rescue and recovery plan that magnifies the blessings in our lives. If you don't mind, go with me to Psalms 34 and verse 19. The book of Psalms chapter 34 and verse 19. The Bible reads as follows. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. So we're talking about afflictions. We're talking about the hurt. See, believers are going to experience hurt, trouble, adversity, sadness, and grief. Going to happen to us. But we believe, and we're understandable. Understand that we are the righteous. We're justified by God. We're in right standing with God. We have the, pray prayerfully the conduct. That God wants us to have. And as we do, the Lord delivers us or rescues us or recovers us out of them all. And if you live long enough, you know that God is the mighty, is a mighty rescuer. He has delivered you out of time and time and time and time and time and time again. God has gotten you out. How many can agree that God has gotten you out? I'm telling you, if you live long enough, you realize that every man's ways are temporary, but God knows how to deliver his people. He will rescue and recover us from them all. Job even testified to the promise, this promise, and helps us have the particular mindset. Let's go to Job 13 and verse 15, the book of Job chapter 13 and verse 15. Now, let me say this to you. None of us have experienced anything like Job went through. Job went through what I would consider a horrendous trial in his life. But notice what he said. Even when Job was going through what he went through. In Job 13 and 15, it reads as follows. Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Even so, I will defend my own ways before him. So I like that what Job said here, even though Job was going through a tremendous trial at this time. Notice what he says. Though he slay me, yet I will trust him. I am going to have my hope and my expectation in the Lord. Even so, I will defend my own ways before him. I will correct and judge my own ways before him. Which goes back to my initial comment that despite what we go through and deal with in life, it is blessed to be older. In today's text, Paul is giving some instructions to Titus on the behaviors and blessings that should come with being older. I want to focus in just for a moment on Titus chapter 2, verses 2 and verse 3. I want you to notice what it says. Let me turn to it real quickly. Titus chapter 2, verse 2 and verse 3. That the older men be sober, reverent, temperate, sound in faith, in love, in patience. The older women likewise, that they be reverent in behavior, not slanderous, not given to much wine, teachers of good things. I want you to notice in this particular text, he is addressing Older men and older women. He was shared with Titus, who was a young pastor, according to what we believe about Titus. The traits, the qualities or characteristics that should be exemplified or be an example in a sound church. I want you to notice in Titus chapter 1 and verse 4. Titus chapter 1 And verse 4, to Titus, a true son in our common faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior. So he calls Titus a true son, a true son, a genuine son, or a sincere son. A son, in this particular case, is a disciple of a teacher Because they follow the teachings and instructions of their teacher that nourishes their soul and molds their character. And there's something about Titus. He was considered a true son. He was one that followed the teachings of his teacher, which was Paul. And I truly believe if you're going to be a true son, a true disciple of Christ, you got to follow the teaching of Christ. In fact, if I think about it a little bit more, we're following somebody's teaching whether we like it or not. We're following the teaching of somebody on social media, following somebody on the news, following somebody that's teaching the way and influence of the way we think, the way that we talk and the way that we act. And I truly believe if we're going to be a true son of Christ, we got to follow those who follow Christ. Mm, I like that. I like that. I like that. Because Titus was one who was considered a true son. A true son, one who was genuine, but he followed the teachings of Paul. And Paul was a follower of Christ. And he says this in our common or shared faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior. I believe that Titus had proven to Paul that I am your disciple based on what we consider here is a few traits. He connected with his leader. He connected with him. You knows he called him a true son. He was a follower of his teaching, and he was willing to be nourished by God so that he can grow thereby. And I truly believe if we're going to be true sons of the faith. We got to connect with those who God wants us to follow. We got to be followers of the teaching. Don't tell me you're following Jesus, but don't do nothing that he says. Don't tell me that you're following the Lord, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, but you deny him before men. Don't tell me that you are following Jesus, but you're afraid to pray over your food when you get in public. Oh, if you're ashamed of me, I'll be ashamed of you in my before my father. So as a true son of faith, we're going to follow as the Holy Spirit leads our particular teacher. Let's go to uh, First Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 1. First Corinthians chapter 11 and verse one. I know I mentioned this scripture just a few minutes ago, but I want to show it to you in the word of God. So first Corinthians chapter 11 and verse one, imitate me just as I also imitate Christ. So Paul is telling the Corinthian church, he says, imitate me or follow me just as I also follow Christ. And, I, and this was always interesting to me. God would tell you to follow a flawed human in order to get to a perfect God. Let me let that settle in again. God would tell you to follow a flawed human in order to get to a perfect God. And so Paul was still told the church, follow me, but long as I'm following Christ. If I'm not following Christ, you don't have to follow me. And so I've liked that. And see, I've learned that we have to be good followers. We have to be good followers. And and it's more beneficial for me to follow you as you follow Christ than for me not to follow you. And when we follow like we should, blessings going to come our way, better is going to come our way, maturity is going to come our way, spiritual growth and development is going to come our way as I follow you as you follow Christ. See, Jesus' teachings helps mold the way we think, the way we talk, and the way we act. Now, when we look in this letter that, uh, that Paul wrote to Titus, all throughout the letter, we're going to see him addressing different areas in this church and offering hope and encouragement to this church. But this church had a problem. Titus was ministering in Crete and he was sent there to put things in order. Clearly, there was some immaturity happening, and it was hindering the effectiveness of this particular great church in Crete. Immaturity can be defined as thinking and acting childish. And there are all kinds of signs of immaturity, but I want to mention just a few. Hopefully, none of us have fallen for these particular signs. Becoming easily upset or overwhelmed. Sometimes when people are immature, they let what I consider small things upset them or overwhelm them. Instead of casting their cares upon God, they try to figure it out all on their own. They try to figure it out and do it all they want to. But I realized if you get older in Christ, you learn how to cast your cares upon the Lord. And as you cast your cares upon her, oh Lord, you sleep better at night. You're not worried about this, that, and the other. They'll do what they want to, but you're going to follow Christ despite what the obstacles come your way. Another sign of immaturity is not following through on things you said you would do. Not everybody's going to do it 100% all the time. But if you can't, you're mature enough to make sure that you call and let somebody know. Easily offended is a sign of immaturity. Sometimes people get easily offended over things they shouldn't be easily offended over. You've been in church for a number of years. You shouldn't be easily offended over things that comes, everything that comes your way. Thinking we're talking about you, but really we're looking past you and talking about something else. Behaviors that are out of control is a sign of immaturity. Jealousy is another sign of immaturity. Envy and pettiness is another sign of immaturity. Walking in your feelings is another sign of immaturity. Not being led by the Spirit of God, but being led by your feelings. I feel like doing it. I don't feel like doing it. What is the Holy Spirit telling you to do in that particular situation? And immature people can mess up things, especially in a church. And immaturity in folks, especially church people, can bring chaos and confusion and hinder the growth of that church spiritually and numerically. And hearing and applying God's word brings about maturity and growth in God's church. Let's look at three examples of how God's word works when we're acting immature. It brings the increase and the blessing. Go with me if you don't mind to the book of Acts chapter 2 and verse 47. The book of Acts chapter 2 and verse 47. I want you to notice what it says. It says praising God and having favor. Favor is defined as divine influence, b- blessings, and benefits with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. So he knows the Lord added, he increased, he gave them more to the church daily those who were being saved. Those when, this, when individuals matured in the word of God, God was able to add to the church. Go with me, if you don't mind, to the book of Acts chapter 6 and verse 7. Acts chapter 6 and verse 7. And the Bible reads as follows in the word of God spread. Spread, and the number of disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests were obedient to the faith. Notice that the word of God spread, it increased, it caused to grow, it became greater, and the number of the disciples multiplied. Notice that what they didn't look, they were not just added, they multiplied. Multiply is an indefinite number greatly in Jerusalem and a great many of the priests were obedient to the faith. Notice, if you don't mind with me, Acts chapter 16 and verse 5, 16 and verse 5. The Bible reads as follows, so the churches were strengthened in the faith and increased in number daily. So the churches were strengthened, they were established, they were made strong, they were made solid and firm in their faith, in their trust in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And they increased, they sailed; they exceeded, they got better in number daily. See, we see here there's three biblical examples, and of course there are more throughout the scriptures about a church that increases their maturity. They increase in the blessings of the Lord as well as numerically. Now, let's go back to Titus. Titus chapter 1 and verse 5. Titus chapter 1 and verse 5. I want you to notice this. For this reason I left you in Crete. That you should set in order the things that are lacking, and appoint elders in every city as I commanded you. I want you to notice why Paul left Titus in Crete. Crete, notice what he says here: that you should set in order. You're going. I'm going. I want you to give directions. I want you to give instructions. The things that are lacking, that are failing. They're a warning, they're inferior, and employ elders in every city as I commanded you. Paul wanted Titus to give instructions and directions to the church regarding areas that were coming up short. And we see here in this particular church, they were lacking some things. And notice this, God loved them enough to send help when he saw a problem. And this is what you got to know about God. God will love you enough to send you help, whether you receive the help or not. It is imperative that when God sees a problem, we recognize there is a problem, and I need to correct my correct some things in order to get things in order. Notice what happened here. Even as in our church, We must be willing to get directions and instructions to help us excel when it comes to praying, leading praise and worship, sharing God's word, teaching and preaching God's word, and so forth. Since we are a growing church, we're always going to have to be corrected in some form or fashion. God loves us enough to send correction. I thank God he loved me enough to send correction. Don't let me fall off the ditch and don't tell me I'm about to fall off the ditch. Don't let, don't listen, don't let me go to hell when I can avoid going to hell. Tell me that I'm missing the mark. If I'm doing something wrong, let me know so I can correct it. If I'm a bad husband, let me correct being a bad husband. If I'm a bad, listen son, uh, son, let me correct myself so I can be a better son. If I'm a bad student, teach me how to be a better student. Cor- help me to get things right. Why are we so proud sometimes that we don't want to take correction? because correction is going to make your life better and the ones around you better. The problem is when you let things just keep going and going, don't say anything, then there's a problem. Now, if the Holy Spirit says, listen, I got this, let the Holy Spirit deal with it. Because sometimes we get in the way of the Holy Spirit trying to put our two cents in there. Then sometimes we let stuff go on, the Holy Spirit saying, correct it, we don't want to correct it. Mm. That's why it's important to have the omniscient God to continue to lead and guide us into all truth. If we get sound instruction and follow it, we'll continue to see growth and productivity. And if not, the opposite will happen, which will bring stunning growth along with frustration. One conclusion we can make from Paul's assignment for Titus in this search in Crete is that there were some things not in order. And God loves this church enough to send answers. I love that. I love the fact that God loves us enough to send answers. Sometimes I realize, and I've been doing this long enough to realize, that sometimes I am the answer to some of you questions that you've asked God and have not told anybody yet. That means that God knows you need help. Thank you, Lord. And he's sending you answers. Sad when you miss your answers come when they come week in and week out. God has given us answers every week. And what we need is answers that we can put into action. Because the answers you put into action is going to make your life better. Sometimes it's just the fact that we need answers and sometimes the answer is, I need for you to pray. And you know what the problem was? We weren't praying. Why were we getting mad? Well, why didn't you tell me to pray? Because you know you weren't praying like you know you could pray. Sometimes it's a matter of studying Scripture and putting that Scripture into action. But we might get upset when somebody tells us, hey, you know you need to study. Well, how you know I ain't studying? It's not a matter of me knowing. It's that God knows what you need for your answer. And the answers is going to make our life better it's going to make it better in school it's going to make it better in your relationship it's going to make it better in your business it's going to make it better at your home it's going to make your life better now this is what you got to know you will not always like God's answer I've lived long enough you're not always going to like what God tells you to do but it's for your benefits it's going to make your life better. Whew, look toward heaven and say, "Thank you for making my life better, God." Oh yes, God. Now, good training, instructions, and guidance will cause us to grow. And the older we get in this life, the more opportunities we have to take advantage of scriptures like Hebrews chapter 12, verses six through eight. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 12, verses six through eight. I want you to notice what it says here. For whom the Lord loves, he chastens and scourges every son whom he receives. If you're chastening, God deals with you as with sons. For what son is there whom a father does not chasten? But if you are without chastening of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate and not sons. Again, let me read that to you again. For whom the Lord loves, he chastens, and scourges every son who he receives. If you endure chastening, what's that? Training, instructions, learning, correcting some things. God deals with you as with sons. For what son is there whom a father does not chasten? But if you would not chastening of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate and not sons. Boy, I love the fact that God loved me. Y'all might get missed that. God loved me enough to correct me. If you run around and keep doing evil things you know not the line with Scripture, and nobody says anything to you, that's a problem. I got away with. You didn't get away with nothing. God sees everything that we do, whether He addresses it or not. Because God sees everything. He sees what you watch on your phone when nobody else is looking. Thank Lord, look how you're in here. He sees where you go when nobody else knows you're going to that place. God sees everything and you can't hide nothing from God. Problem is, when you get there and God don't say anything to you, there's a problem. There's a problem. When you're doing wrong and God don't say anything to you, I mean, he don't convict your heart none in order to do wrong. Something is wrong with that picture. Cause everybody God loves, he corrects. Them. Everybody he loves, they correct. Even if you, after you do it, you feel bad about doing it. That means he is loving you enough to correct you. Thank God for love. Somebody say thank God for love. Ooh. Thank God for love. Thank God for love. Now, Titus 1 and 5 reminds us that Titus was considered a true son. Titus chapter 1 verse 4, excuse me. Titus, a true son in our common faith. Notice, Titus was considered a true son. A true son. One that was legitimate. Genuine son. See, if you read that and you think about Hebrews 12, 6 through 8, he probably had received his own share of correction and had matured to the point that he could be trusted to correct and give instructions, directions as well as guidance to others because he had matured. When you consider a true son, you've you've been corrected. You can't be considered a true son and not be corrected. Can't be considered a true son. And not go through changes in your life. What I notice. When we grow in receiving corrections. We also grow in how to give corrections. See somebody's been corrected. is much better at dealing with other people. Than those who have not been corrected. Because they don't know how to deal with situations. Because they're immature. They'll start saying, well, you're going to hell for doing that right now. Not forgetting all the times and stuff they did. That could have sent them to hell as well. So we understand that God's mercy and God's grace works on for all of us in this sanctuary. Who are we (laughs) to point the finger as as Jesus uh, gave the example? Here you are pointing your finger at them. Forget by all the things that are pointing back at you. Thank God for his mercy and his grace. Well, ain't God merciful to us? Well, you don't realize how merciful God is until you start talking to him. And let him minister you and so forth and so on. Now, Paul gave Timothy some advice. He said, if you're going to deal with these individuals, if you're going to deal with this particular group, this church that you're in, there's some things I want you to consider. And goes Titus chapter 2 and verse 1 when he gives this particular instruction or advice to, Paul gives his advice to Titus. Titus chapter 2 verse 1, that as for you, speak the things which are proper for sound doctrine. He says, Titus, when you speak... When you use words that declare your mind and your thoughts, speak those things which are proper or appropriate for sound doctrine. Sound is that's free of any type of mixture or error, and doctrine is the teaching or the instructions. And as a pastor and a teacher, I'm constantly learning how careful I have to be when I teach and preach God's word to his people. And I see Titus is getting that same instruction that I got to be careful when I tell God's people. I have to stick with scripture so I don't cause people to error or mix truth with error. And see, good, solid teaching is going to make us better in our walk with God. It's going to make us better. We're going to think better, talk better, and we're going to act better. Good, solid biblical teaching will keep us from being deceived and straying away from God and his written word. Sound doctrine will get us there and it will keep us there. Glory be to God. Now, Paul is telling Titus to address two groups of people in this church. We see them in Titus chapter 2 and Titus chapter 2 verse 3. The older men and the older women. The older men and the older women. These two groups of people, he's given detailed instructions on how they should think, how they should talk, and how they should behave. Let me say this to you. I thank God that he loves all of us. He loves all of us, I should say. He loves us enough to say, hey, let's get some things in order. Remember, he was sent to this church to get things in order. I love the fact That God loves us enough as a church, as a body of believers, to get things in order. You know what I love about God? God will actually come to your house to get things in order. You know God will even step in your school to get things in order. Do you know God will actually go to where you work at and in your business to get things in order? God loves you just that much. Wouldn't it be sad if God only stopped here at the church and he didn't go to your school or to your house or to where you are? Uh, Listen, you ever been riding down the road and God all of a sudden got your attention about your speed? Look, I got four people. Everybody look at the head down. Oh, Lord, I'm No, no, no. God would deal with your driving, too. He loved you that much. And you know God needs to help us some of us in our driving. Thank y'all for the full amen. Y'all rest, y'all keep looking straight ahead and act like y'all, I'm not talking to you, but I am. But some of y'all behind the wheel. Are we grateful for God's grace and mercy? I mean, God loves us everywhere. He loves us everywhere. I'm just, You can't just limit God to just here at the church. God wants to be with you in your home. He wants to be with you at your job, in your business. He wants to be with you 24 hours a day and seven days a week. God loves you just that much. So when you say correction, don't look at it as a negative thing. God loves me. So some be like, oh, I can't believe I'm being corrected. Why not you? You do everything perfect? Let's be real. I have not liked all the whoopings I got coming up in the Lord. Can I be real with y'all? I started at a young age getting whoopings from my mama. I ain't going to lie to you. And I'm had to. i going to use a word here. I know some of y'all, uh, young people may not know what this word is, but some of the older people probably do. I was managed when I was young. I did some stuff. I had no business doing. And so when I did it, I got corrected. And so when I got to my 30s, something I had to tell thank you for correcting me. I didn't get it then. So, meantime, when when you get corrected, you don't understand why you're being corrected. Well, I'm not being corrected. I'm doing everything right. But, you learn. But God teaches us in a way that we learn. See, correction brings instruction. It brings correct, I mean, it fixes some things that are not exactly right. And it's for our benefit. It's for our benefit. So now let's look at first of all Titus chapter two verse two. I know in your paper there you have a list, and I'm, I'm going to spend a lot of time on the list. So I'm going to kind of mention it and go through it. But Titus chapter two verse two reads as follows: "And the older man be sober, reverent, temperate, sound in faith, and love, and patience." See, B first of all he says B. B connotes the present tense action. In other words, I want you to be this today. Now this is what you need to understand. He's not asking you to be this in the future. He wants you to be this right now. If you, if you learn how to correct your actions now, it'll make for future better behavior. Everybody see that? Now, when you do that, you got to repent of some things you've done in the past. Ask God to forgive you. Ask God to you know have mercy upon your soul to forgive you the things since sometimes you learn about stuff you're doing wrong, and don't even realize it. You just repent. And ask God to forgive you so you can move forward. So notice when he talks about the older men. Older men, be sober. Abstain from wine or some mind altering drug, abstain from uh abstain from something that will cause you to be at the will of God, be quiet in dominion. So be sober, abstain from certain things. Second thing he talks about is be reverent. Have dignity. Act in an esteemed manner. Be temperate. Have self-control. Curb your desires. We got to be careful about our desires. We can't let our desires control our life. Thank you all for the five amens right there. You got to be led by the Holy Spirit. We say, Pastor, I trust my desire. I don't trust my desire as far as I can throw them. Some of my desires are scriptures. Some of them, well, I mean, that fifth piece of cake, desi- that ain't God's desire. Some of y'all didn't get there, y'all. The fourth one probably wasn't either. Or the third one. Maybe the second one. It depends how big your piece was. So I, I got to curb my desires. I can't tell like my desires are good all the time. Who am I? All right, anyway, sound and faith. Sound in faith, teaching free from any mixture of error as one who trusts in God. Another definition is one who keeps the grace in the faith, teaching free from any mixture of error as one who trusts in God. I want to make sure my, the teaching is sound, free from error, one who keeps the grace of God in faith. Next one is sound and love, unlimited, God's unlimited goodwill. God has our best interest at in heart. Even when we don't know it sometimes, God always has our best interest at in heart. That's why he says all things are working together for our good because we love God and we call, we're called according to his purpose. And see, as, we, as you get older in God, you realize these things are true. That God has your best interest at in heart. Listen, this is what I want you to get. Don't wait till you get older in order to know that. Know it today. Know it today. I know we're talking about the older men, but listen, older men, we gotta be older. We gotta start today. Mature in how you think, how you talk, and how you act. Grow up. Oh, I'm, sorry. I'm sorry. Let me get back in the table. Sound in patience. Now, what, what is patience? Patience is waiting for the word to come to pass while you do the word. Waiting for the word to come to pass while you do the word. It ain't sitting around doing nothing or sinning while you waiting for God to do something. No, do the word while you're waiting for the word to come to pass. Do it today and then God will cause the other word to come to pass in your life. It says wait on the Lord. Don't sit around and look at the sky and say I'm waiting on the Lord. Now, pray while you're waiting. Give while you wait. Go to church while you wait. That's what the older saints are letting us know. If you do the word, it will come to pass in your life. And quit making excuses, I can't do it. We talked about earlier the way of a transgressor heart. We are like being saved is hard. I don't know who's I can yeah. say who, who started that lie? The devil started that lie. He is the father of lies. It's hard being saved. No, it's hard being a transgressor. It's hard being a sinner. It's hard being a lie and a cheater. One person told me many years ago when I first got saved, it's hard to be a liar because you can't remember all the lies you told. Oh, okay, all right. Y'all keep, keep, that, in, keep that in mind. You start lying, can't you get your lies confused. See, some of us former lives know what I'm talking about. <laughs> now, one, before I go to the next one for the women, I want to make a few points here. One fact I want to make before we go further is that it's not luck that one gets older, but it's by the grace of God that people get older. It's by the grace. There ain't no luck. I'm lucky because I'm here. No, you ain't lucky. Grace of God. Even if you ain't saved, the Bible said there ain't no just as well as the unjust. This the grace of God. Here's so probably somebody praying for you. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and because I exercise four days, four, four times a week. I eat, I eat good all the time, and I, I do all the good things I'm supposed to do. I don't eat no sweets. I don't eat. I don't hang. I drink water every day, sixty-eight ounces, sixty-nine ounces, eighty-two ounces of water every day. I, I, I don't do none of that stuff. And you act like that's the reason you see him. It's the grace of God. Now, you should you eat proper? Yes, but don't, you don't depend on that to keep you. <laughs> you don't depend on that to keep you. Well, you know because I I told I did everything they told me to do. I read the book. I'm saying I've seen people read the book and fall out of heart. People jogging have died of a heart attack. It's the grace of God that we're here. It's the grace of God that's keeping us. It's the grace of God. You didn't, you know, love. We're believers. We don't deal with love. We're believers. We deal with the grace of God. See, older believers have saw many different aspects of life, and have experienced many facets of life as well. For example, older people have seen their body go through changes. And I had to say, "Man, read right that," because as older I get, my body goes through some changes. I ain't even, I don't even know where the change had come from. Wake up one day and my body unchanged. What was I doing while I was asleep to cause it to go through the chamber, bro? I ain't quite figured that out yet. <laughs> family members grow up and have their own family. Not to mention friends and loved ones that have transitioned from this life to the next. Older people have seen that. They've seen that. In fact, you ain't gotta be too old to see that, i be honest with you. You can be 19 and see that. You can be 17 and see that. You can be 12 and say that. You can be 28 and say that. You can be 48 and say that. I mean, life is real, y'all. Life is real. And it's the grace of God that's keeping us. It's the grace that's keeping us. In my opinion, it's a blessing to be considered older. But it does not negate the fact that even older ones have to adhere to sound doctrine. Women, God is trusting you with a lot. Don't take it the wrong way. It says he trusts you. He trusts you. He trusts you. Too much is given, much is required. I want you to notice what the women's side is this. B, of course, is the action word. B means right now. Be reverent in behavior. deep for solemn respect for God or the things of God. A demeanor, demeanor that shows respect to God. Respect God, his word, and his ways. Not slanderous. Don't falsely accuse folks. Don't oppose the, the causes or the things of God. Don't be slanderous. Not giving too much wine. Not taking mind-altering drinks that lead to demonic influence. Not under the influence of drugs that lead to demonic activities. Now, of course, you know, you take... uh like, for example, I'm going to give you this quick example. And I'm going to move on to the next point there. Uh, if you had no pain in two weeks, why are you taking pain pills? Pain gone. Been gone. But you got some pain, for you want to feel. Misuse of prescription drugs. Next one is teachers, teachers of good things. Instruct what is best for someone based on the written and revealed word of God. What is considered scriptural proper. In other words, we're going to teach according to scripture. Next one, admonish the young women to love their husbands. Instruct the young women how to love their husbands. Give advice on how to follow the Holy Spirit and showing an affection to their husband and how not to allow emotions to be the guide. Uh don't take that the wrong way, women, but don't let emotion, emo, you're emotional. Thank God for your emotions, but don't let the emotions be your guide. But don't cast emotions out because you're emotional. Y'all follow me there? That's why you need an older woman to help you walk through this process. Because sometimes it can be confusing to you. And sometimes you could be in a situation that you shouldn't be in because your emotions have gotten the best of you. And the Holy Spirit is leading you out of that situation. But you need an older woman to kind of help you through that process. Next one, to love your children. Do what is best for the children according to scripture. Train them up in the way they should go, and when they're old, they're not depart. The See, you need an older sister to help you with your children. I appreciate the fact, uh, my mom, my sister, and all them came and helped us out, man. Cause that baby came around, I know what to do. That baby was precious. They precious, they start crying. What you do with it then? What's all that crying going on? Why, why would you? I'm changing. You ain't, you ain't wet. Why, why are you crying? I just, you fed. I can't feed you. Mama fed you. You all right? Ain't you? You need somebody to help you with that process. I mean, wait. Well, you, I, I believe you do. Maybe you think you don't need it. I believe you do. I believe the Bible kind of gives us that instruction too. To love their children. To be discreet. Curbing one's desires and impulses, not in line with scripture. Self-control. Everybody needs help with being discreet. Be chaste. Pure in thought and action, reframing from immoral activity. Pure in thought and action, reframing from immoral activity. You know, one of the things that I was going through this list here, I had to remember to tell you this, is this right here. Remember this. When you find yourself not doing it, repent. Ask God to forgive you and get that right. Never, never. I don't want you to be in the impression that God, and I'm, in my opinion, that God expects you to do everything right. He expects for you when you get it wrong to repent so you can work on getting it right. You better follow me now. All right, next. Be homemakers. Take care of the household affairs. Take care of household affairs. Be good. What is beneficial based on scripture. Useful and happy. Be good. Remember, we go by God's standard of good and not man's standard of good. Because man got some strange standards. I can tell you that up front. Be obedient to their own husbands. Yield to the advice of someone being led by the Holy Spirit. Arranged under the proper or godly headship. We can see. From these two, one, the older women and the older men, that God wants us to think and talk and act in a certain manner based on Scripture. And as we do that, the latter part of Titus 2 and 5 says this, that the word of God be not blasphemed, or to be evil spoken of. As we do this, we're going to fall in line with Scripture. And I feel confident That many grandparents would agree that they are blessed when they see the word of God manifested or on display or showing up in their lives as well as their children, as well as their grandchildren and loved ones and friends and other family members. It's blessed to be older. Amen. I may agree it's a blessing to be older. Thank you so much for listening to today's message. Please subscribe to our podcast. And if you're ever in the Villarica area, you can visit us at 3193 South Van Wert Road in Villarica, Georgia, on Sunday mornings at 10 and Wednesday evenings at 7. You can also reach us at 770 459 6221. That's 770 459 OCC1. Follow us on Facebook at Overcomers Christian Center. And visit us online at OCCVR.org. We pray that you're empowered and equipped in today's world.